All right, welcome in everybody. This is your host Mike, along with Chuck here. Hey, hey. we're here kicking it at the uh, Kicking It Media Studios, recording the Can We Kick It podcast. We are live and in person today. Yeah, finally, yeah. So maybe some better audio than last <laughs> week. Mike sounded great. I kept going in and out for some reason. So apologies to our faithful, lovely, loyal listeners. Uh, we're still figuring out virtual. It was only our second time doing it, so yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we preferred to do in person Definitely. to get the vibe and energy. I mean, we've been sitting here talking 20 minutes about <laughs> all these shows before we even started recording, so yeah, we're nice and warmed up to talk about them. I'm excited. We were just talking about Fargo. I don't know if anybody has seen the TV show Fargo, um, but highly recommended. It's on uh, Hulu, right, Chuck? You're watching yeah. season two again. Yeah, re watching it again, just kind of after all the Hulu stuff I've been watching with Banner of Heaven and yeah. um, Candy. Hulu's got the content right now, <laughs> it seems like. I think everybody's got content. I mean, there's content. <laughs> now it's kind of a lull on Apple Yeah, Apple TV. TV I mean, yeah. there's some shows out the I think, Shining Shining Girls with um, yep. Elizabeth Moss, but I haven't started watching that yet. But they're kind of going through their lull as... As what often happens sometimes, but yeah, just started kind of just rewatching Fargo, the TV series, and just wondering when the next seasons are going to come out. Yep. I'm sure we could do a little research and find that, but... Wouldn't take much, but I do love Fargo. First season was great. Second season, I think we both can agree it's our favorite, mm-hmm. um, but... Yeah, so you've been watching that. What uh, you have a good weekend? I know we're we're almost on to the next weekend, but you do yeah. anything fun over the last week? Yeah, just work and relax. <laughs> Watch a lot of TV last week. Yeah. Um. Not much. What about you? Riveting. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> no, no, oh, you're boy. good. Man. No, just, it's it's been a, it's been a big work week. I mean, we've had a lot of senior leadership in town, but. I've I've watched two movies. I watched The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Pretty funny. It's kind of like a remake of Romancing the Stone back in the day with Michael Douglas. Yeah. Um, and then watched Uncharted with uh, Tom Holland and uh, Mackie Mack. Uh, and it was it was okay. It wasn't bad. Hmm. Um, it's like a, it's based on the a video game. So they've like it's been in production so long. Mark Wahlberg was supposed to play the kid in it, but he got too old. So they were like, oh shit. Well, let's just hire Tom Holland to do it, and then Mark Wahlberg can play the older guy. Wow. Yeah, so it was pretty good. It was a nice action movie, but... Um, you don't watch Father Gus? Nope. Father no. Stew? Father Stew, sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah. It's also a Mackie Mack. Yeah. No, I did, hadn't, hadn't made my way over to that yet. I you know, was pretty busy this weekend. Went and saw the Eagles concert at Toyota Center in Houston. That was amazing. Yeah. My dad saw them in 1976. So oh, wow. In, in May of 76, so almost... 46 years to the day. Yeah. Um, so we got to see the Eagles. And I think the first time he saw the Eagles, uh, Jimmy Buffett was uh, the opener right when Margaritaville yeah. was starting to take off. So it was really cool. Um, they're old, man. Like Joe Walsh yeah. was on there and had to be like high Carted out of his mind. The, oh. Yeah. Because he was like really getting into it. And I was like, oh, man, he looks just stoned. <laughs> but it was amazing. I Eagles are one of my favorite bands. And it was really great performance. Them and, and they had Vince Gill filling in for uh, Glenn Fry, who died like four or five years ago, I think it was. But Vince Gill, the country singer? Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a big time, like, he writes a lot of songs for other people, too, and he sounded just like Glenn Fry. Wow. Yeah, it was really good, so. Favorite Eagle song? Ooh, that's a tough one. I, yeah, I, you know, it's funny, because I even told my dad, I think one, maybe my favorite Eagle song, I'm gonna, man, there's so many, but the one I wanted them to play that they didn't was James Dean. And they didn't play that. But it's no surprise. It's kind of a deep cut. But they played In the City and yeah. um, uh, Rocky Rocky Mountain Way, I think. Yeah. That's a Joe Walsh song. Rocky yeah. I think yeah. anything that he sang was just my favorite. But, yeah, it was great concert overall. So Yeah, it, my favorite is uh, Hotel California. Just yeah. Because, I mean, that's pop. That's easy popular yeah, choice but, but it's a good one the deadhead sticker on the cadillac with my grateful dead tattoo yeah so that was um yeah that was don henley boys of summer yeah. yeah yeah no that's i like i don't know what do you like the don henley eagles or the uh you like the joe walsh or, well i mean they're they're, they're or who sing or, they i mean they flip-flop back and yeah. forth but yeah don henley sings uh boys of summer yeah, yeah. but yet yeah, they've it was the hotel california like re Retour, so they sang everything from the Hotel California oh. like album, and that was what they led off with. With was uh, Hotel California, okay. and of course the whole place just went nuts. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, they uh, just crushed it. I mean, for being, they're all got to be. In yeah, it's 70s. amazing, like them and the Rolling Stones and all these yeah. old like ger- wonder- geriatric bands. Now <laughs> yeah. they took a break. Like halfway through the concert. <laughs> yeah, they were like, all right, we're going to take a break because no doubt you guys have to go to the bathroom because we do too. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, is this for real? <laughs> yeah. They took like 20 minutes. It was so funny. No kidding. Yeah. But yeah, it was really good. That's wild. Yeah. It was a very unusual concert experience because I definitely had to be one of the youngest people there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's my parents used to take me and my brother to Jimmy Buffett concerts as kids. Oh, man. Yeah. And that's like I used to go see him as adult as an adult too, and he has some great songs. Uh, yeah, some of my favorite songs are Buffett songs here and there. But yeah, depends what mood I'm in. Yeah, not not all the time. Yeah, nah, I don't listen. I listen to mostly podcasts now, so <laughs> music is like every once in a while I'll be in a mood to listen to music. But didn't you go to a concert recently? Like two two weeks uh, ago? I saw the Ava Brothers at White Oak. Where we saw uh, Bill Burr. That's time. right. Which he's coming back, but it's September in- 9th. Where's it at? Toyota Center. Oh. Yeah. I, I like the smaller venue for stand up. Yeah, I don't for like comedy. Yeah. Well, I did see Gerard Carmichael and Aziz Ansari at Toyota Center, which was good. Yeah, that had to be pretty good. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I heard on the radio, like, Bill Burr coming to Houston. I was like, oh, at Toyota Center. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I follow him on Twitter or something, and I saw it had his uh, tour. Yeah. Is like called Bill Burr's Retour or something, something like that. And I saw, he, I was like, he's coming to Houston because I just loved it when <laughs> yeah. we saw him and he's like making, like, I'm playing, I'm playing a stage out by the fucking freeway. <laughs> like, look at all the cars going by. Oh my god, your traffic is horrible. Yeah. You know, he's just like in his high like Boston voice. So and good. He was just ripping. Yeah. He was hilarious. Yeah, some heckler and he was like, you just shout out like halfway through my fucking set. Like, yeah. I love when he gets a heckler because he just tears into him. Yeah. There's a guy coming to Houston in December. His name's Dan Soder. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He is hilarious, but he's going to be at the, the improv, so maybe we get tickets and go to that. But Yeah, we got to do a comedy show with you guys again. Yeah. Uh, what's your uh, all-time want to go to concert? 
This was something I was asking myself the other day. If Ooh, I, like if music? I, unlimited funds, who would I want to go see in concert music? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm. Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be really tough. Well, why why I think on it a second. Yeah. What did you come to the conclusion? Ultimate conclusion for me, Rolling Stones. I like the Stones. I'm really and obviously I'm talking about live performers. Like I would love to go back and see the Beatles, but come on, yeah. that's not gonna happen. I for me I landed on the Rolling Stones. Expensive tickets. Would love to just be like down in the pit or something, but um, and I say that because I'm trying to see some older performers that I like that are considered classic rock now or of that older generation. I just bought tickets for Rod Stewart with Cheap Trick oh, at wow. Cynthia Woods Metro Pavilion. I love both performers. So I was thinking if I had unlimited money, who would I want to go see? And I landed on two that I think are super expensive probably, Rolling Stones being one, and you 2 Wow. Yeah. That's a tough one. Oh, wait. You said you too? Yeah. I fucking hate you too. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. And when I say you too, I mean old you too. I don't uh, mean any of the new shit. Not the free album that came on my iPhone? No, no. God, no, no. I'm talking old shit. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm like probably one of the only people that I know that don't like you too. I just never. I mean, there's a few like. Two songs, maybe, that I like. but So I got three, and Ooh, okay. these are going to be really unrelatable for most people that are listening. Yep. So I'm going to start off with two dead people. So obviously I'd pay a lot of money to bring them back to of life. Yeah. I'd love to see Nirvana oh, yeah. live. Good point. The second one is a band that no one's heard of, but... My parents had this record hmm. as a band called David Peel and the Lower East Side, hmm. and they just played like street music. And I'm not gonna spoil. You can Google it. I'll I'll share the the show, but it's just I'd love to like watch them play on the street because <laughs> that was like their element. Yeah. And third would be seeing two chains in a club in Atlanta. Oh yeah, that'd be and me, like two chains amigos together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like my favorite Atlanta rappers. Yeah. And so I mean that's like my first take view, but I mean Nirvana would be or any of the grunge from yeah. the nineties. Um I saw Ava Brothers played uh Black Hole Sun oh. by uh, Soundgarden after yeah. Chris Cornell died yeah. uh, when we saw him at Sugarland Financial Center years ago, like right after he died. Yeah. And like, I almost like started like crying and I'm like, oh, like, I wish I would have seen them in concert. And yeah. Seen, um, but yeah, yeah if, if we're talking about resurrecting someone to hear, yeah, yeah, every, yeah I, everybody I, go, I want to see is probably dead. Yeah. I'd go, I'd go Audio Slave and Soundgarden. Yeah. A huge, yeah. huge impact on my, like, yeah. growing up was Audio Slave and Chris Cornell. Yeah. yeah Chris Cornell was great. Yeah. I, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that because I was at a train concert. I like train. I went to hear train at Cynthia Woods. Yeah. And it was the day after I think Chris Cornell died and they did a tribute uh, and they sang Black Hole Sun. Yeah. Was, was, um, uh, I'm trying to think of bands like Train. 
it's like I don't know, uh, Matchbox Twenty and uh, <laughs> yeah. Goo Goo Dolls and Soul Asylum. Yeah. There. Like. Uh, oh no! You want to know who else was with uh, with Train? Uh, Natasha Bedingfield. I don't know who that is. Yeah, and uh, OAR. Oh, or? Yeah. <laughs> oh, period A, period R. Yeah. I, don't, I know who they are. I don't think I've heard a song. Yeah. That, yeah, they're, yeah. It was an interesting concert. It was like, oh, Train. I like Train. I'll go see that. Oh, my God. Natasha Bedingfield is opening for Train? What is wrong with this world? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I saw a concert, like, when me and my buddy Rip went, I think we were 18. It was like a buzz fest at. Oh yeah, I think it may have been the summit before the Toyota Center. Yeah, and you're dating yourself with that. Yeah, I was I was 18. It was <laughs> almost 40 years ago. Yeah, uh, summit or 30, <laughs> almost 30 years ago. So it was no doubt was the opener. They they were unknown at the time. Wow. The headliner was Tears for Fears. <laughs> oh my god! I don't remember any bands in between, but like we were in like the pit yeah, for yeah. that concert, yeah, and yeah. I was hanging out with Gwen Stefani after her set. She came down, Holy and smokes. I was just chatting with her, and I was like, "Oh, y'all kick ass!" And I was eighteen; she was probably like twenty. I yeah. mean, she was young too. But we were just like hanging out. She hung out with us for like 15 minutes just watching the next band. But if you told her back then she'd marry a country guy, she'd probably <sighs> slap the shit out of you. She would have stabbed me. Yeah. Like she was like I, she was like She was full on. Yeah. I, I, yeah, so That's funny. That was uh Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's there's I'd love to see like Yeah, I mean just go back to dead people. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know, Johnny Cash in concert oh, yeah. or, um, I don't know, I mean, just some... Amy Winehouse, I, I mean, take your pick. I mean, I didn't listen to much of her music, but there's a handful of, unfortunately, musicians who have passed early. Yeah, the the people that all died in the plane crash, uh, the band... <laughs> who was uh, that? I don't know, I was trying to think of... Uh, they, the American Pie song, oh, about, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, some band. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You could say Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. Grateful Dead when they, when, um, um, uh, blanking. Yeah. Blanking. Oh, man. Jerry Garcia was alive. Beach Boys back when they were big. With John Stamos. Yeah. (laughs) Just. (laughs) Dude, don't age. Um, yeah. Think about that, though. I mean, even for our audience, like, what's a concert that you want to go to before <laughs> before you miss out? Because that's kind of been my mindset. Beethoven. Is, yeah. Yeah. I definitely missed out on Beethoven. <laughs> I want to go see George Gershwin play the United theme song. Yeah, man. So, that's a great question. Now I'm thinking. Because yeah. I almost bought tickets for Chicago with Brian Wilson Ooh, from the Beach 25 Boys. or 6 to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, good song. And so, yeah, just think about that. Just I've been trying to fill this year with as much stuff because considering COVID with just activities that I can do and concerts have been a huge part of it this year. Yeah, we watched we watched like virtual ACL and yeah, during yeah. COVID. Uh, Gary Clark Jr., who I never even heard of, we watched that and I've listened to his stuff. He was... Did a set at ACL and yeah, um, he has some good songs. It just I, it's like I like finding like 
I don't know, the under the radar stuff. Because I don't sure. really listen to the radio. So, like, sometimes when, <laughs> when I'll turn on um, just a regular station, and if it's like new music, and you know me, I like, especially like a lot of old rap and hip hop stuff, and I'll put like 97.9 or 93.7, and I don't know any of the new stuff because I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, the same thing with rock. I don't know, is does rock and roll still exist? I because know, it's, it's hard to say. I turn on 90, like... 94.5, the buzz. They're playing, like, older... Well, not old, not classic rock, yeah, but yeah, they're playing... Classic, but yeah, I don't know. I Early mean, 2000s, like, yeah. And then now you go to, like, 96.5, and they're playing stuff that I listened to, like, in college. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> yeah. is this a... <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say what the stations here are using these days. I don't know. It's just... I guess because... Yeah, so I had Sirius for a long time, and I could just oh, go to, yeah. like... The Grunge Channel. Yeah. I think it, Lithium 34. 90s and, on 9. <laughs> yeah, you just go and, like, I want to listen to this genre. Yeah. Or deep, they had deep tracks. That's where <laughs> you find your uh, Eagle song that you're. Yeah. That, uh, it's, I, I like going to concerts for guys that just haven't made it yet. Like, I went to see, you probably never heard of them, but it's funny because somebody from work was listening to it while we were riding somewhere. And I was like, dude, you know who this is? Uh, Alan Stone. No, I don't know. Really great. It's like, he's like, as white as I am, but he's got long hair and a beard and huge glasses, but he sings amazing R&B soul music. Yeah. And I've seen him in concert twice at the House of Blues. Oh, wow. One time I was, his opener was a guy named Nick Waterhouse. It was some of the most amazing 50s style music that blew my mind. And I listen to the guy even to this day. So it's really cool catching somebody before they make it big because it's just great yeah, music. I, I had the same experience with uh, Leon Bridges. I don't yeah. Know like, I listened to him for a few, like, right before he came popular. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if he is popular, but I, he came to Houston, and I think we were out of town, and I wanted to see him. Did you see him at the rodeo? Oh, did he go to the rodeo? He played the rodeo, like, pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, that's where I think was going to go, but out of town. But and he, I think he played in Houston another time. But, yeah, like, band, there's a band, too, that uh, called the Flowbots out of Colorado, mm. And it's kind of like a, not like a Lincoln Park because it's not like mm. heavy, but it's like a rap kind of a rap set to yeah. musical instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, so, flowing, moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, uh, I'll, I'll play you a song, but um, there's this one called Handlebars. It's like mm. I can ride my bike with no handlebar, and yeah. it goes through like, but it's. Yeah, it's just, there's a lot of good music, so it's hard to, but yeah, but going to see bands, and yeah. I like going to local, I used to go over to the Scout Bar in Clear Lake oh, every yeah. once in a while just to see. I forget you're from like, that side of town, so like, I yeah, used man, to go to Scout Bar all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's just, as always, every night there's some kind of band. Yeah. In high school, there was a band from my high school called Spadowski's Killer Mob. And they played at Fitzgerald's. I went and saw them at Fitzgerald's. Nice. And now Fitzgerald's got, it was right down the street from Blanca's house. And they tore it down, I think, two years ago now. And it's mm-hmm. a parking lot yeah. for on White Oak and Studewood. Oh, yeah. But I went to that in high school just to watch um, a band play from art. And, like, there would be a bunch of the bunch of people from high school. And, like, we're stage diving. And, yeah. you know, we're just, it was it was fun, but yeah, the small venues and the energy. Yeah, yeah. But, 
But this is a TV podcast. I know we got a little off track, but, but I wanted to pose the question to you. Great, you know, all time want to see, you know, music performers. So it might be something we post to the to yeah, the Instagram audience. I'm gonna say two chains, best lyricist that's in good, the game. It's a good pick. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. I just I, it's masterful. Yeah. It's like a po- modern day. Uh, <laughs> Dylan Thomas. Yeah. Just poet. <laughs> poet poet warlord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? I can't remember <laughs> now. It was maybe Parks and Records or something, yeah. Is a poet for, uh yeah, we'll figure that <laughs> I out. I can't figure it out, but yeah, so you know, we talked about some under the radar musicians, but I think a really good segue for this is under the radar TV show. And I don't know that Tokyo Vice has caught a lot of people's eye yet. Or maybe I just haven't, you know, spoken to enough people about it. But I got into it, and I, you know, I think we both got into it at the same time. But there's not a lot of hype as there normally would be for a show on HBO. But yeah, this I don't think is a, a normal show for HBO. No, it's it's almost like it should be a movie. It's like yeah. So if, for Tokyo Vice is is it produced by Michael Mann or? Directed by Michael Mann, who did Heat mm-hmm. and various, many, many other movies of that kind of style. And it's definitely something different that in the past would have been made into a movie, but now is a TV show. Um, but it's really good. Yeah, he's a director on okay, Tokyo yeah. Vice. Which it, I love Heat. And how much the rewatchables makes fun of heat. Reheat, the, the three reheat, heat, heat, heat. <laughs> <laughs> it, Michael Mann is one of my favorite kind of directors. I mean, just for definitely. I mean, yeah. What's his What's his IMDb? Yeah, you got. I mean, there's. Uh, I don't. And there's some old stuff like Manhunter from '86. I went and watched Ooh. that because they talked about on the rewatchables. They talk about Michael Mann a lot with yeah. heat and everything. Manhunter is like pre. Silence of the Lambs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a yeah, it's a prequel. I think Where, to Silence of the Lambs. Uh, 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 Succession, the dad. I can't remember his. Um, oh, um, Logan Roy is uh, his name is yeah his real his real life name played Hannibal Lecter before. Oh yeah, that's right. That's before uh, Anthony Hopkins ever got close to winning an Academy Award for it. Um, Brian Cox. Brian Cox plays Hannibal Lecter. Amazing performance in the clip that I saw. So yeah, yeah Manhunter. Anyways, man, uh, no, but I mean it's Michael Mann. Heat, yeah. Collateral. Oh, uh, Manhunter, Black Hat, Thief. I went back and watched Thief too. as James Caan because they talked about Thief on yeah. the Watchables. Great movie. Last of the Mohicans. Mm. Ollie, uh, Ferrari, uh, Hancock, Jericho, Mile, which was in the seventies. He did Hancock. Yeah, surprising. That's a good movie. The Aviator. Ford versus Ferrari. Um, he must have been because he must have been an executive producer on Avi- the Aviator. I think so. Yeah. Because that was Ridley Scott. I think. Yeah. Or was, no, that was Scorsese. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was an EP. Yeah. But there. anyways, anyways. Yeah. But yeah, no, it just good, like almost like kind of crime. Yeah. Not noir because it's not old, no, but it's yeah. like. Organ- he's good with organized crime, yeah. I think. And he was organized crime. Yeah. And police interactions. I mean, he did Miami Vice. 
as well. But I think it's a dynamic that he does well between authority and criminal, yeah. right? Yeah. So in Tokyo Vice, I mean, it's based on memoir from an actual guy named Jake Adelstein mm-hmm. who was from Missouri and went to Japan and became a um, reporter uh, for newspaper, like I guess the most famous newspaper in Tokyo. First but American. To first American the, to work for the for newspaper. Him. And based in the 90s, yeah. And they, I mean, they call it the Michaud, like, or whatever yeah. in the show, but it's the real newspaper was something else, I think. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, they changed the name. Yeah. It, yeah, just the, sh- I mean, first of all, just the visual of the show. I think, for me, two of my favorite shows of the year were this and Slow Horses. Yeah. But just the scenery of taking place in London for Slow Horses, taking place in Tokyo. Yes. Um, for... Tokyo Vice, obviously. Tokyo, yeah. Tokyo Vice. Right. In Japan, and just the culture. Now, I've been to Europe, been to Caribbean, been to South America, haven't been to Asia. It just, the culture is like so. Like, I want to get immersed. And you can see why him and um, Samantha, yeah. the two uh, Gaijin. <laughs> yeah. uh, white people, yeah. uh, foreigners or whatever they call them, gaijin, yep. in the show are so attracted to this world and they immerse themselves in the world. I don't know uh, about you, but like I, I watched the first episode and I was like, damn, I want to go to Tokyo. I started looking at, I went to Google <laughs> Flights you, and started yeah. looking at flights. And awesome. I'm like, so I'm like, when, maybe in a couple of years they can go to Tokyo for like a week or two. Yeah. And then Blanca's like, oh, it's, it's really expensive in Japan. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the most expensive Asian country to go to. I don't doubt it. And yeah. But, yeah, the flight was pretty expensive. Oh, yeah, it had to be. Yeah, it's a, that's a long haul. It's yeah. a long flight as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts? I mean, we both watched, it was eight episodes. Was it eight? Yeah. Yeah, it was eight episodes. Yeah. Yeah, and it was done weekly, right? So yeah. got to save the flavor a little bit. But I loved it, even just from the first 10 minutes of the show where he's like getting ready to meet with this Yakuza's man and he's got to put on, put on what you think is a bulletproof vest, but it's really so that, you know, cause they might stab you to death and how they get there early and they have to change, they change everything on him. Right. And it's super thrilling and intimidating. And, and he, they're like back off or we're going to visit your family, basically threatening to kill his family in Missouri. And he's like, I'll take that under advisement. And it's just like, Holy shit. So, quick question. Yeah. Does the rest of what we see lead up to the opening scene of the show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you see the opening scene of the show where he's meeting with Tazawa's men. Yeah. And then it cuts to two two years earlier. Yeah, Yeah. because I wanted to go back and um, rewatch. So, I only watched it one time through. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, did we ever get past the point where they show? Okay. No, yeah. So, so yeah, so Jackie started watching it, but she didn't watch the first episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You got to go back and watch. And so I made her watch the first five minutes, and it was it made so much sense to her after that. But I, the cast is amazing. Jake, yeah. Ad, um, Jake Adelstein is Ansel Elgert, and we talked about him before. And, yeah. Um, Ken wants an obby, man. Yeah. I, it really want to watch more Japanese film. Yeah. Just like after Squid Game, like I wanted yeah. to see 
more of the actors uh, in that show. So I, I mean, yeah. I said Ken Watanabe is is the most. I think probably the more global known actor in this movie. I mean, Ansel Elgort is yeah. is pretty big from they're Baby the, Driver. They're the big one too from this. But yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, he's he's so good in this, and and then. Um, uh, show Kazamatsu who plays Sato, Saito, yeah. Sato, Saito, yeah. And Mike and I were talking this for the show when the first episode, I'm like, I'm not gonna like this guy, and then by the <laughs> by the end of it, I'm like, no, Sato, like <laughs> yeah. he looks so annoying in the beginning, yeah. like the first half of the show that you're just like, this guy is gonna get wasted, and yeah. he just you really grow to like him, and he grows into the character and matures, and you're just rooting for him at the end of it, yeah, yeah. And now I want to I want to go get this memoir, um, yeah. Jake Adelstein's uh, memoir. So there's a lot that I really hope they develop into it because he is involved in a lot of journalism that was groundbreaking in Tokyo, like a serial killer, I think, or a high profile murder and some government corruption and stuff like that. So there's more than just the Yakuza stuff that he's involved yeah. in. So I definitely also want to read the 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 book, his memoir. But I. It, <laughs> It's really cool because they show the the dynamic and power in Yakuza. I like that they show like the ceremonies of people being promoted within the Yakuza. <laughs> yeah. That you know, yeah. Why do some people wear suits and others wear geese? <laughs> yeah, you like, know, yeah. Or what? I don't know if that's the proper name for uh, yeah. the karate outfits or whatever. I haven't immersed myself enough to correct you, so I don't well, know. But I'm assuming that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry if I culturally appropriated something <laughs> yeah. incorrectly. Um, but yeah, I, I was. I really. I haven't studied the Yokuza. Yeah. Like I have American, right. Italian gangs. Yeah. Going back to like the eight, late 1800s and early 1900s into today. Like I've read multiple books and watched multiple documentaries and, you know, mostly about Italian, Jewish mobsters and Irish mobsters mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i really it seems like the yakuza is so much more secretive yeah <laughs> than than um everybody knows the story of i mean there's so much published materials on on mob life yeah you know through the history in the u.s but yeah it's it, it for me i think the problem for the yakuza right is that anytime i've seen the yakuza in TV or movie, it's always kind of jokey. Yeah. Like, I don't get me wrong. From I the love, Office? I love Kill Bill. Yeah, also The Office. I love Kill Bill, but, like, Kill Bill, like, has the bride fighting Yakuza and all this shit. And it's a Tarantino movie, right? So it's yeah. always over the top. But, like, yeah. there's never – I haven't seen any – now, I've got to get more outside of myself. But I haven't seen enough about the Yakuza to be – until now yeah. in this show to be like, oh, shit, they were honor and – life and death and like yeah <laughs> you gotta you, it's all about sacrifice and that guy like tries to cut his pinky off yeah and he like fucks it up yeah, and he's like <laughs> you can't even do that right you're cutting to the bone cut <laughs> here yeah, yeah. Sheeta tells him yeah, to do that Sheeta, yeah yeah what was the guy in the office uh in the uh warehouse the japanese guy oh he, man uh hide hide, hide. yeah it's like hide heart tell your story number one heart surgeon talk, number one and then it was like, uh, one day, Yakuza boss die. 
I fled to America. They don't know. I did it on purpose or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's a, um, that was so good. Yeah, it, definitely going to go more into. Just cool to see how, you know, like we see mafia stuff where they have their fingers and all the pies. And, you know, these guys are running all these like, and it, it, interesting, the hostess type club where it's a non-sexual environment, but they all just come to hang out with like. American women, and they're yeah, foreign, foreign like yeah. Pol- yeah, Polina is yeah. like yeah, Hungarian I, something or like that, yeah, Eastern European, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's like non-Japanese women that yeah. they get to hang out with, and they just throw all kinds of money on liquor and. Well, I think it's almost. I think one of the clubs is kind of like a strip club in the beginning, or they they just show yeah 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 that, yeah. but then the rest of the time, the club there's nothing. It's just the girls coming to sit with. You know, men or group of men. That's a good point. And yeah, because like the first time he takes Miyamoto out, it's yeah. like a strip club almost. Yeah, but, but then, then the rest is like just again. club, like Onyx or yeah. whatever. I think the is the one that they always go to. Yeah, or that Rachel Keller's character Samantha works at. Yeah, and yeah, I asked Blanca if like Japan, if they were Japanese men were enamored with uh, prostitutes because <laughs> 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 it's the kinds of scene. Yeah, how it. Um, happened to the show but it's also interesting to see the suicide culture yeah that the shame when you bring shame upon your family and if that's still prevalent today probably not as much i would imagine, imagine. but um very prideful people who like take shame to heart and there's a lot of that expressed in the show for various reasons that lead to someone setting themselves on fire and throwing themselves off a building. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting, like, thought that went into the show about the culture. Yeah. Um, When it's amazing because he lived in it. And, like, it's even even just watching the visual, and I'm sure... You go to if we go to Tokyo now, you probably see a lot of tourists and things like yeah. that too. But just the visual of Ansel uh, Jake standing out among the crowd, he's so tall, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and dude, and he that episode where he smokes meth with his informant <laughs> Shabu, yeah, <laughs> he just gets blasted out of his mind, like. Samantha's like, just don't hit it that hard, and he just takes a huge rip off of it. That was so rough to watch, but so hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you're talking about relation. You know, yeah, Japanese being so enamored, maybe with non-Japanese women, prostitutes, and things like that. Did you did you ever read or listen to Aziz Ansari's book on relationships? Modern romance yeah. or modern love, or I have it. Yeah. I've never read it. Oh. I have. I actually have the hard copy. Nice. I, I bought it in my single days yeah. to try to figure out how to love. It's good. Is it? It's a really interesting like deep dive into relationships in different cultures. Yeah, and Japan is definitely one of them. So I listened oh, to the okay. audiobook that he narrated. So it was really funny to hear it in Aziz's yeah. voice. But yeah, it's, it's so you might read into that because it talks about. Yeah. Their culture and how they deal with relationships. So okay. It's an interesting way to look at it. But I, I like in this show, the show like Miyamoto, yeah. who's the first detective that Jake gets involved with, is all about himself and yeah. taking the bribe. And and then you got um, Katagiri. Yeah. 
and how he's like such a huge family man. No, and Katagiri, like I think I really love the way Ken Watanabe plays him because, mm-hmm. especially in the family angle, because he's home pretty much every night. Yeah, with the with his girls, puts them to sleep, reads them. Good father, and I think it's a perfect example that leads to when um, Tozawa is like when they set him up when they set him and Miyamoto up and he finally gets Tozawa finally gets um, Katagiri basically says you know we're we're gonna control you basically or we're gonna kill your wife and kids yeah and you, you just can, see the the acting that yeah. 30 seconds of his body breaking down because yeah. he knows he's going to have to sacrifice his morals and his code because he can't imagine anything happened to his family. Yeah. Is heartbreaking and is super well acted because it's, it's just so good. Like, he, just the way he, like, he had a gun in his suit, hand. And, and, yeah, and yeah. Gun, he's just like. It's not shaking, but you can tell. It's just he's like dropping it. Yeah, like it's dro- like, and like yeah. the way he kind of crunches into his body, and the suit just looks baggy. Like yeah. it just—it's amazing. It's so deflated. And yeah, yeah. That was deflated. It's like the such perfect. a good call out. Like yeah. that was a great scene for him. Yeah, yeah. and that, and that's—I mean, just um, it, it's it's so it's the kind of classic informant gangster police story except you have reporters involved and just you know they say i don't know how true this is uh, in the show in japan we don't we don't say murder yeah you know yeah you texted me that like while you were watching it i was like oh i know what chuck's watching yeah (laughs) it's like a line from the first episode in japan we have no murder yeah that was great it's almost like Oh, yeah, the guy, the first guy that you see dead in the show is like, oh, someone just actually ran into him to death, you know? <laughs> like, sword. Yeah, with the sword. Yeah. It was like an accident. He's it's butchered. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. it was like, yeah, that guy, and then the guy who self-immolated, and, oh, man, it was just, oh, and, dude, they called that, that banker's death a suicide. Guy was strapped up to a car battery, <laughs> but that was a suicide. Like, uh, dude, it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So I- interesting take on crime and and how it was in the nineties. And I guess I'm kind of enamored with it because growing up, we had a neighbor who was a teacher who went yeah. and did uh, like a, like a study abroad trip, but it was more along the lines also of like teaching English to Japanese people. Yeah. She did, like, six months, I think, in Japan. I don't know if it was in Tokyo, but I just remember growing up, that blew my mind. Like, that somebody, like, went over there and lived. And yeah. then, like, watching the show, like, this guy just left the University of Missouri and was like, oh, I'm going to make it over here. What? Yeah. Yeah, and his whole time, his parents are trying to get him to come home. And we find out his sister tried to commit suicide or something. Is that what that was? Yeah. Yeah, Like she's in treatment or treatments. Yeah. She has some kind of problem. Um, and, but she sends him tapes where she sounds normal, but you never see the sister that the mom is, um, you know, trying to guilt the son and coming back. She's not doing well. You need to be here. And the dad, even one, one only time he talks to him in the show is like, 
if you want to come home, I'll buy you a ticket tomorrow. You know, like. Yeah. And they have apparently had a falling out and don't talk. And, yeah, because his mom was like, I'm going to put your father on the phone. And he's like, I don't want to talk to him. Yeah. It's like, whoa, what's that about? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the most amazing part, too, is even at just looking at him writing in Japanese yeah. and how they read from right to left. Yeah. And just, it's not like you're learning Spanish or Italian or similar languages. I mean, this is completely different than English, right? So That's because he was, like, reading a magazine, and he was flipping from, from like, right to left, or left, I I can't read that, but he was, like, reading the paper backwards, and I was like... When he's typing on the computer, and it goes, it's all going down. It's all vertical. Yeah. Yeah. It just... That was amazing. It's just, it's a completely different way than we were taught right with english but i loved it you know so good show yeah Yeah, great i mean great show and it it ended in a way it didn't close anything and which to me shows that it'll be a second it should have a second season come back um it better (laughs) it hasn't been confirmed yet for a second season but it better yeah we noticed a lot of shows recently that we watch like this and Outer Range, it only like severance in our recent shows of first seasons have been confirmed so far for a second. Yep. Uh, still waiting to see if Outer Range is going to be confirmed and Tokyo Vice, but I definitely love to see more. I think it just goes to show, and it may just be us, but the kind of crime, crime dramas and police dramas set in different cities. Yeah. <laughs> Slow Horses and Tokyo Vice. Very different <laughs> stories, very different styles of stories, but very visually stunning and well-told and great cinematography yep. in both. So Both short seasons. Six yeah. to eight episodes, straight yeah. content, no fluff. Love it. Yeah. No, it just... I was on the last the finale of Tokyo Vice, and I looked, and I was like, oh, it's only eight. Oh yeah. wow, we're, we're, I mean, we just it just it plugs like it was weird because there are articles online about how whether or not there was going to be there was supposed to be a, a ninth episode, and HBO like had to come out and say no no no, no there's no ninth episode. Well, because the way episode eight ends, yeah, it's you such almost a think huge you could, opener. You could have a ninth episode and close out a part of the story and be yeah. done and have like just a limited series, right? But with eight, it just kind of fades into like the episode's over, and then you're like, it's not, it wasn't a typical finale. It wasn't, no. I mean, there was major movement because they had um, Saito was stabbed, and yeah, I mean, there was there were some big things that happened, but just it didn't feel like a season finale. No, it didn't, yeah. So. I wonder if like they thought like they would only get one season out of it, so the ninth episode, maybe like a nine or ten episode, they would be able to like close off the series and it'd just be a limited run, and then they were like, nah. It's too good. Pull, pull episode nine. We're not giving up. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And I would think, like, just kind of going kind of back to outer range, when you have a high-quality actor like Josh Brolin, yeah. a movie star, and this Ansel Algard, who is Baby Driver, and um, with some other, like, romance, like, he was in, I think you said a movie was in last time, like, like some... The Fault in Our Stars or some shit like that. 
I just for trying to remember his. Yeah, he was in the, the fault. fault of our oh, I got it. Yeah, you're the fault right. in our stars. You're right. <laughs> but I mean, he's um, <laughs> insurgent. S- soon to be baby driver yeah. too. Yeah. So usually, when you have high quality, quote unquote, star or big time actors, you think they, unless it's directly says like limited series, like Mayor. Of East Town, Murder Dirter yeah. was you knew it was a limited. Series. Did you watch? Did you see the Murder Dirter skit on the Center Live? No, but there's a Murder Dirter, <laughs> like Kate McKinnon plays the uh, freaking Mayor of East Town. Yeah, even my daughter one day it was like after, as the show was going on, SNL had a uh, like a skit about it. My daughter's like Murder Dirter. I'm like, you watched the uh, you watched the Mayor of East Town? No, that we just like. It's seen on TikTok, murder dirter. That's like, amazing. Hey, murder my dirter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I gotta go back and watch that. Yeah, that was a great clip, but that's great. Any other thoughts on Tokyo Vice? Nah. If you haven't watched, go out and watch it. It's such a good like I think I it just saw on like neon thriller. Like it's yeah. so good. It's just it's not neo it's not a noir show. It's just yeah. it's just a totally different vibe of show. It's so good. It's hey. visually yeah. Stunning and satisfying. Yeah. Any other thoughts from you? No, I just want to go back and rewatch it. I want to live in this world. Yeah. I want to go see Ishida, and I want to cut him some scallions the right way, <laughs> yeah. and bring him his soup, yeah. and do whatever he wants me to do. Ishida, so good. Yeah. Notice that we didn't talk about Rachel Keller very much. Samantha. No, yeah. Mm. Not my favorite character. No. I don't. Yeah. I I guess so. Maybe in the second season you go more of her story because she tells yeah. she tells um, Jake a fake kind of story about yeah. her uh, life, and he's like, "Oh, you gonna tell me the real story yeah. or whatever?" Or was it no? Was it him? Or was it Jake? Or was it the uh, private investigator guy oh, was that was? The, I think it was the PI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she like ran away from like the Mormon community and yeah, and st- like took some money from the church or something like that to start her life. Oh well, yeah. I guess we did find out a lot but about her. She did tell Jake, and Jake was like, "Are you going to tell me the real story or what?" But yeah. there's got to be more to it. But was, it, was she in Under the Banner of Heaven? Yeah, for real, yeah. She probably <laughs> she, she probably was. She was yeah, uh, she was one of the. Uh, uh, the, I forget the name of the in the show, one of the daughters and that, but yeah, and she still she went on a mission. Hers was a mission trip to Japan. Yeah. And it shows her in the episode knocking on doors and trying to convert people to Christianity or yeah. Mormonism or whatever it was, and then uh, and then yeah, she steals money and like goes into hiding over there, goes into Ho- hostess work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Her character, I just I don't. It just it's the one cog of the show that doesn't sit right for me, and I know it's got to do with like Paulina, right? With what happens to Paulina, and I'm not going to spoil yeah. it or anything, but like something happens to Paulina, and I think that's going to have something larger to do with what actually happened to Jake Adelstein while he was in Tokyo, and how he deals with the police with um, a big time murder. So mm. I, I think that's the whole setup for it. But it's just the fact that she's with Saito and hanging out with Jake Adelstein and just a weird, I don't know, her cog of the show just doesn't sit for me. I yeah. Know. I don't know. Not that she does a bad job acting. It's just the character is no, just she's really a good actor. It's just, yeah, that, unusual. Yeah. Yeah. But 
She was the least interesting character that I wanted yeah. to explore. I wanted to be in the world with Jake and Saito. Yeah. Even and even um even a freaking um what was her name? The uh Oh, his boss? No, um Masaki, who was um uh Tozawa's girlfriend. Oh, even his, though, yeah, his squeeze, yeah. Even though Tozawa was apparently married with two children. Is that who that was? Yeah. I couldn't tell if that was like I, I figured they were his was, kids, but I couldn't tell if that was his wife I or his mom sure watching was the his kids. Wife because yeah, that was a weird scene when she walks out and she just like mead mugging her the whole way. It was just like woof. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. I thought it was his mom. The way she looked at it was like Masaki yeah. is the side piece, and um, damn, that was rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just the, just the way, just the look. So. Yeah, I was trying to dig and see if we had um, uh, Tozawa's wife, like, in the... <laughs> yeah, in the credits, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, but I also thought it was cool, just real quick, like, while you're looking that up, they had the hostess, like, for, like, guys to go to, but they also had host clubs. Yeah. Like, Paulina gets in deep with a host club in, like, too much debt, and it's, like, Japanese guys who were there to entertain her. It was like, wow, that's a really interesting counter to the Hostess Club. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, Paulina gets Paulina gets in debt by freaking buying Justin Bieber of Japan uh, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I don't Bieber know what else to Japan call him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. I want to be, I don't know. Yeah. Social media star, TikTok star, whatever. Pretty much. Yeah, he's just a, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kazuko Tozawa, Mrs. Tozawa. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that was his wife. Wow. See, I usually miss those kind of things. But I'm that glad was a I, great pickup. I'm glad I got that one. Yeah, spot on, man. Wow. Yeah, so... Maybe he got maybe um, Samantha converted him to Mormonism and he has multiple. (laughs) (laughs) Just polygamist, yeah. Yeah, he's a polygamist. (laughs) All right, we get a wrap up Tokyo Vice. Yeah. Um, Yeah, any other shows? um, We were both watching Barry, but I've watched all four this season. You've. Or, like, in episode three. Yeah, still. I'm like three and a half, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slipping on my second, second job, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, Barry, Gotta so funny. Gotta start watching more TV. I know, I need to. Yeah, I filled that time with watching two movies, that's the problem. Yeah, gotta stop watching the movies. <laughs> I only have, like, four hours in the week to watch the shows that I want to watch, <laughs> and I filled it with movies, but... Um, yeah, Barry is... It's... The first episode, I... I love Barry. Yeah. And I think COVID killed my momentum on Barry. Yeah. But as I watch it, as it goes on... I realize why I like the show. Like yeah. you just showed me the clip where he's going to blow something up <laughs> and it's like through an app on his phone and he literally has to call the 1-800 helpline. Yeah, the helpline. Yeah. 1-800 detonators or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> is your are you is your Bluetooth on? Are you uh are you connected to Wi-Fi? Do you have the latest version of the software or the latest version of the app? This hearing Bill Hader on any customer service yes. line is hilarious. Yeah. What username? Uh Blockman go no or Berkman go boom. Yeah. Capital B, capital G, capital B. 
<laughs> yeah. So it, it reminded me, like, why I liked yeah, the show from the I, beginning. I think what helped me is I didn't watch Barry until right before season yeah. three came out. So I watched season one and two and then straight into three. But I do have to say that the first two episodes of the season were, especially the first one, was a little felt a little disjointed to me, but yeah. then getting into three and four now, yeah. um, it's getting like back on track in my, on my eyes. It's a good show. I love Bill Hader. Gene Cousineau, uh, also does, uh, Fonzie does a really good job. Yeah. Um, it was slow out of the gate, but I'm going to give you like Kentucky Derby winner, rich strike. It caught up at the Ooh. end. Yeah. That was a hell of a race. But Oh, man. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Kentucky Derby. That yeah. was I saw the highlight for, of that race, and that was an amazing comeback. Yeah. But, yeah, Barry, slow out of the gate, but just really bringing it with Henry Winkler. and <laughs> Yeah. We we liked you so much, uh, Mr. Kusnow. We gave you a line. It's just like five words or something, <laughs> but he's like, huh? And, and Phil Hedy's like, what do you say, Mr. Kusnow? And he's like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> just the control he has over him is yeah, you haven't watched Unbelievable. So when you watch episode four, yeah. there becomes a um, a shift in, oh. in uh, some attitudes. Interesting. So there's some funny parts. Four was the best one of the season so far, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, minus the Sally stuff. And it's it's going to sound really bad because I'm not a fan of Sally in the show I'm either. I'm not either. So it, it sounds like that we don't like women characters, but that's, that's far from far the case. far from the truth, yeah. Because I do like um, in this season the the girl playing Sally's daughter, yeah, and um, even the agent. Um, so I think, but I don't know. There's just something. I think. Well, I think Sally struggles in seeing episode four is as as now she has a show coming from where she was trying to be an actor. I actually liked her a lot better in season one and two. Um, and then now she's getting more famous. I guess it's just turning into. I liked her in season one. Yeah. But the more she, the closer she gets with Barry, the more like selfish and, she gets. Well, her character. I, no, and I think that's a good point because I think Barry is also a selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously he's a hitman yeah. and has been like by himself and. Yeah. But yeah, it's two selfish people that are trying to have a relationship and yeah. trying to be supportive and help each other and but they can't. Yeah. <laughs> they like the only way they like two people who were probably in like super obviously dysfunctional relationships, Barry with yeah. um Fuchs and then her with Sam, which we see Sam in like season two and he's like yeah. the biggest goober and yeah. it's just like what? Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was hilarious because he was at her hotel and Barry was like standing behind him with a gun. Yeah. And it, like she opens the door. And he's like, oh, shit. And he like backs off. Or yeah. Something. That he was just amazing. hides around the corner. <laughs> and uh, yeah. 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 But yeah. yeah um, so funny. I like Barry. I'm going to finish it tonight. So that way I can text you how much I thought. It was yeah. Funny. Yeah. Go catch up on that. I mean, it's it's an easy watch and you were halfway through three. Yeah. So um. Yeah, and then I'm all caught up on Atlanta. I, yeah. I haven't watched the one that we're recording on Thursday for a Friday release. Uh, I haven't watched the one I think comes out today. So last episode, 
was wild. Just quick on Atlanta, we talked about it. We talked about it almost every week. I think this was the fourth episode out of nine that, or eight, eight or nine that have been unrelatable to the, mm. or have not incorporated the main character. The first one, first episode didn't. Three slaps was another one. Trinity to bone, and yep. then this one didn't, and which has turned a lot of people off to Atlanta this season, just because it was also gone for multiple years, and then you come back, and half the season doesn't include the main characters or the four main characters' main story through Europe and yeah. on the tour that Paperboy's on. But the four standalone episodes are really good social commentary on things that happen in society. And I'm going to give a quick example of this. So uh, we may have to cut it, Mike, if it's controversial here. <laughs> but there's, We're going all in. Just go for it. Yeah, there's in this episode, it's a, it's a, a son who has a black father and a a, a white mother and in the episode a lot of different things happen and he's struggling with identifying as one or the other and he initially identifies as a white guy and then by the end he identifies as a, a black a black guy and the reason I'm bringing this up is there's a lady suing a school district in the US because she's claiming CRT made her white son well it's a mixed race the like want to be black instead of identifying as white oh, wow. and i'm sitting there going and i'm saying this not saying we're yeah, not yeah. we're not doing no political stance. commentary yeah, 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 yeah. but donald glover is capturing yeah in this show what happens and what's happening in america right and it's so wild how he's capturing these <laughs> social racial cultural issues yeah. that no one else is addressing in a manner except for people being asses on Twitter from yeah. every side of the political spectrum. Right. But yeah, so that's why I think I like Atlanta so much is by the main characters, of course, because their story is fun and yeah. they always it just it's enjoyable to be in their world. And then the other piece is the social commentary and how we're afraid to look at what's going on in society and he just shows it to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, it's just, it's it definitely season three is a big departure from seasons one and two. Cause it's, it's really about paper boys, like popularity and growth and Donald Glover has earned his growth. And the other two characters, uh, Darius and Viv, you just see them grow and mature and, and, through this world of, of music and then the social commentary episodes in season three. So it's, it's, I think Don, the Glover's trying to be like, he just like has this almost freedom to be an artist. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be reflected in ratings and, but there are season four as well. Like, so I think we mentioned last week, Barry and Atlanta, Film season three and season four at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. they have next seasons in the bank. But it'll be interesting to see how both these shows, how many seasons longer they go. Yeah. You know, I think 
Barry just feels almost like the story could go on forever. Yeah. I know. I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it almost feels like it's a finale, just with the way the story was starting yeah. to go. But it's like, wait, I already know that they wrote and have pretty much shot season five. I don't know where this is going to go. But, yeah, it's really interesting how much farther it could go. And you're making me want to watch Atlanta, especially this latest season, because just talking social issues that are going yeah. on at the moment. Not a lot of shows are talking about that, at least no. up front, right? Yeah. There may be metaphors and well, stuff, but this is up front stuff. You have yeah. a light touch on it or yeah. something like that, but he spends an entire episode <laughs> just on on very prevalent issues in yeah. society and where we're, we're not addressing or we're not giving uh, credence to it. You know, as a society, we're trying to sub people and society is trying to repress it because it's, you know, a negative light on on history. So, yep. Uh, in, in people's eyes. But it, it I really enjoy it because it brings it out to the forefront. So hopefully people can take a look and address, you know, themselves on how, you know, people are treated or viewed right so it's good reflection yeah, yeah. i mean I, I think i do it because it helps me reflect because most of the other tv i watch i'm just like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like right. hey <laughs> all right like did you see the blood splatter out of his <laughs> right. head yeah. that like, episode where jake did meth with the yeah like, yeah. yeah just but like off the wall. far like oh fargo, fargo yeah. just uh, and then uh you know even in um, Barry, you know, he's assassin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because you, we were talking about Fargo. I'm going to ask you this. Uh, Kieran Culkin was in oh, Fargo God, too. Yeah. And he's in succession. Yeah. I don't This is totally off the wall tangent. The Rangers played right in that game seven overtime. Yeah. Winner. Did you hear that they played the succession theme song on the, on the organ pipes for the stadium? No. Yeah. Did you, is it on, is it on anywhere? Like, I'll, uh, I'll have to YouTube? find it on YouTube or something. Yeah. They, Jackie pointed it out. We were watching it. She was like, that's a succession theme song at the Rangers game. I was like, what? Uh, okay. So another, we could do a whole another podcast about this. We're going to wrap it up in a minute, but, yep. um, opening songs on shows, <laughs> opening credit, music has become an art form of its, its own huge yeah what's your favorite yeah what's your favorite opening opening show like just opening credit scenes uh i mean succession has got to be at the top or near the top westworld i think was one Ooh. of the ones that broke the broke the mold they seem to open it up to where we are now yeah right because it was like game of thrones was you know i can hear that song well, in my head yeah, with the, yeah, South the map Park and theme yeah. And, yeah but that was like oh okay we so have maybe to take opening credits opened it up yeah like that was the one where like people were like oh shit we have to do something with the open credits we can't just throw a title card out there right but that's where like you could watch it and like every season have like oh my god look oh this yeah. part of the map opened up like silicon valley the, every yeah. every season, the map changed for Silicon Valley. Yeah, some it? of the same companies were there. Like HP was always there. Yeah, and some of the, uh, but yeah, different companies would change. Twitter came along in some part, and yeah. you know, it just yeah. It, but that's where, and it's Game of Thrones, and the map would come up and be like, oh, well, like this episode, we're gonna be in. Yeah, and this part of Westeros as well, or wow, this new place popped up in this right. season. And it just seems like the evolving opening credits 
Yeah. Or like Succession, even, I think they added. I can't remember the first couple seasons if they added anything, but last season they had the part with them ski, one of the kids skiing or yeah. a snowboard or whatever it was. They added a couple bits and bobs in there. Yeah. And. Yeah, yeah, the, the six, succession opener was great. I do like. I am gonna. I like Barry's like opening little yeah. theme song. It's just, it's all of like ten seconds, but it's yeah, yeah. it's only, it's, it just pops up Barry and it's, it makes me smile every yeah, time it, I, I hear it. I but. think it's just it's that catchy because succession would just that loud start to that to the theme music. Yeah, get you in that, and then you're watching like. Dun, dun, like and just like and then it flashes to modern like from their yeah. like old estate yeah. to the modern buildings and he's like wearing a cardigan inside his office versus like wearing yeah. a suit everywhere yeah yeah and um and like and just even like like severance this year a good opening and all the different you know with um when the the goo yeah they, and and then it the little workers in there go up into the syringe yeah it, it's just i think that's become a new that's a yeah art form they take some of the budget and they're like all right we got to make the opening memorable right yeah. and even um oh uh uh, uh slow horses with Mick, Mick Jagger singing the opening song for slow horses yeah he like wrote that for the show i think yeah, and and even Tokyo Vice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like the it's like the tattoos. Yeah, and that, that was I forgot about that. That, yeah, that's, that that's, one's that's what made me think of it. And yeah. then it's like just rolled into all the great openings yeah. of shows. So HBO's led the forefront of of openings. It, unless I can't remember something, but that just yeah. Seems I mean, to be a, yeah. I mean, you had like. I mean, I guess TV shows always had. You I know, can think like, of comedies like that have had it, The Office, Parks and Rec, like Cheers and go Cheers, back yeah. where everybody knows your name. Right. I mean, I think it's just now dialed up to to eleven. It's an you art know? form, yeah. And where that it you always, you kind of had a theme song as in the comedies and everything, but now it's become its own. Kind of like trailers have now become yeah. like mini movies. Yeah, yeah. And now there's all I can think of now is Westworld, where the like the the skeleton hand is playing on the on the piano. Like yeah. that's all I can see in my mind right yeah. now. That, oh, like I wanted to watch that. Again. <laughs> I want to yeah. go, man. Yeah. And the the animatronic bull yeah. like running through, and the thing coming out of the dipped. Uh, yeah, the plastic dip or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Now, now I also got the trailer of Westworld for season yeah. four of my head with uh, Lou Reed's Perfect Day. Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be a good season. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we've kind of rambled on a, little bit, a yeah, whole bunch. A uh, little tangent, but that was a good, that was a good turn. Opening, yeah. Opening things. No, we were, yeah. we were beforehand, we were, <laughs> we were like, what are we going to talk about today? Because <laughs> unlike Mike, I've watched a shit ton of shows <laughs> yeah. over the past week and a half and... So, last we flip flop. There's been weeks where I haven't watched anything. Mike's like, yeah. "Did you watch it?" Like even with Tokyo Vice, I talked about it first, and then Mike's like, "Hey, did you watch Tokyo Vice?" And I like <laughs> watched it all. I'm like, "Oh, like I guess I'll watch it this week." <laughs> yeah. So, 
Yeah, because yeah, I think next week I want to hear your take on how Under the Banner of Heaven is going. Because I've only seen the first episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to this weekend to watch the rest of it to catch up. Yeah, but I'm fascinated with it, and I want to hear your take on it next week. Because um, I think it has the potential to be a really good show. And I really like Andrew Garfield so far. I didn't yeah. know if I was gonna really like him because I haven't I haven't seen many movies with him. I know he's a movie star guy and uh, Spider Man. Yeah, and I think it's a really good show. I think some of these. We've had so much of these rip from the headlines, true story shows yeah. recently. It may be a little hard to talk about, but what it's really done for me is start to dig into like the and what they do in the show is they go into the origins of the Mormon religion yeah. and Joseph Smith and how they a lot of Mormons ended up west and polygamy and outlawing of polygamy and fundamentalist the and like their control yeah like inserting the government's like policies crazy stories about it, it i'm more enamored with like the real life of that yeah. and i would say watch different documentaries about um uh, what the jim what's the jeffers and yeah uh oh, man, yeah. the remember, yeah, jim jeffries or something like that yeah, yeah and then the other the a lot of, of the stuff with the mormon church over the years mm-hmm. so i think it's a really great show so far i think there's i've watched four of the five or five of the six yeah uh highly recommend but it's um it, it's just an interesting take on different you know not a I, I don't know is it a mainstream religion in the u.s i mean besides, i mean seems yeah i would think so yeah yeah. But yeah, just it's it's why we could go into a hole. Yeah. I don't even want to go down a religious rabbit hole. <laughs> right, but, right. Yeah. It, so it, we'll, we'll if you like that you. kind of like writing and stuff, I would suggest you read his a other John books. Crack, what, uh, John uh, Crack Hour. Yeah, yeah, because he's got one called Missoula. Yeah, which you went to uh, school up in like North South Dakota, South Dakota, right? Missoula is in Montana. I think or, so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Well, he wrote a book about rape and the justice system in like that region because of some like rape case at a university yeah it's a sin it's a city in montana yeah Missoula. so like he's like all into these like cases about somebody dies and there's a belief like these people have this belief system and it's totally different from a lot of other people's and then something happens and he just writes amazing about people who have different ideas and ideals so anyways yeah Missoula, but any final thoughts uh, before we close out the podcast? No, I think uh, I think this was a good good recap. I was thinking we were going to struggle to get forty five <laughs> minutes, and we ended up with with over an hour ten. So it's been a good one. It's been great to be back in person. Definitely um, different vibe, different flow. So completely focused yeah. <laughs> versus yeah. being remote and getting distracted. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I'm good and, uh, I'll, uh, I'll leave it to you to close us out. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, glad to have, have you back over here at the kicking the media studios. And for those of you out there listening to us, be sure to, if you haven't already subscribe to us on Spotify, Google podcast, Apple podcast, we're on a couple of other platforms out there. So, you know, be sure to Google us. Um, you can go to our Instagram. Can we kick it pod, uh, email us at, can we kick it pod one at gmail.com. Go to our website, kicking it, 
can we uh, kick it media. Media. Yeah. I always get that one messed up. <laughs> Peace.